I'm JD, and you're listening to White Collar Horror. Today's episode is going to be slightly different because some of the stories come from the police force, and I don't actually know what you rank the police. Are they white collar, gray collar? You can't actually say they're white collar job. Well, I mean, some policemen are white collar people because they work in offices, yeah. and the administrative side. But most of them work on the street, you know, so it's more of a blue-collar job, for sure. It's definitely literally (laughs) blue-collar. True. Yeah. Because that's what the uniform looks like. Yes. Okay, so what name would you like to go by today? Um, I was actually thinking about, you know, going anonymous, but I'm just like, eh, whatevs, you know. Um, So yeah, my name is Hitzer. To be fair, only two people might listen to this. Yes, um, myself and the host here, JD. Precisely. Yeah. Okay, great. So... You already know that this show is about nightmare work stories and like all the different things that people have experienced that are usually negative, hence nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we'll start slow. Yeah. Uh, tell us about some kind of white collar horror stories you have. Okay, um, I currently do and I used to work as a journalist. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure whether that's white collar per se. I think it is. Okay. You work at a desk, you write stuff. Sure, yeah. yeah why not? Let's, let's call it white collar, okay. Yeah, so I used to work for a magazine called Juice. Before I go into this, I just want to say that I'm quite indebted to Juice uh, as my first full-time job. Yeah. Uh, it kick-started my career. I, I, I kind of owe them everything. With that being said, right, it was a really weird working environment. As most magazines are. Uh, yes. Um, the actual editorial staff were a joy to work with. They were all really great. Um, the problem was with the owners of the magazine. Uh-huh. Um, they were kind of rich douchebags. For lack of a better word. For lack of a better word. La. So, I mean, some of the minor horror stories is that, you know, if you come like, um, every five minutes that you come late, it's a $5 fine. You know, kind of They thing. take it out of your salary. Correct, yeah. And because you have to, you know, use um, a key card to punch in. So they, so they know they exactly what time you clocked in. Yeah, so if it's like 9 or 7, so they'll run right up to like 10 minutes, it's like 10 bucks, you know. Okay, mm. fine, whatever. La. I Just be punctual. I get it, okay. Okay. Uh, but as I was leaving the company, um, that's when it started to get a bit uh, dodge. Um, primarily because um, when I left, it was a two-month... Uh, I had to serve two months' notice. Okay. So, you know, like, you imagine you break up with, like, a girlfriend or something, and it's like, I'm going to break up with you for two months later, but yeah. for now, it's just going to be cool. So, of course, I got a little frustrated, I got a little antsy, I wanted to move on, etc., etc. Yeah. So, at that time, I had, like, a private Twitter account, which I, now it's not, it's a different Twitter account, which is public right now. Uh, please follow me, at hit zero. <laughs> um, so, it was a, a private Twitter account, and even that, right, I was just saying very vague things like um, I can't wait to leave, um, so done with this shit, etc. But I never, you know, mentioned the company or anything. Yeah, it could have been anything. I could have been like at a at a birthday party, I'm like oh, I can't wait to leave. Yeah, I could have been like there was you know, no context. There was, was no yeah no context at all. I was just like oh, I'm so sick of this, etc., etc. And um, the day before I left, the the big boss, not my not my editor, one the of big the boss, owners, one of the owners came in. Uh, and then he came in with um, uh, a folder of, of printed pages. Oh my gosh. So I was like, oh, so what is this? Okay. Um, and then he, it turns out he he uh, created like a, or at least he hired someone, maybe the HR person, I don't know, to, to uh, create a fake account and then 
join my Twitter, you know, request to follow you to follow me, you know. And I was like, okay, like, whatever lah. I don't know who this person is, but you can follow me if you want. Uh, and then he printed out all the quote unquote negative things I had said oh about the company, gosh. like you know the I'm so sick of this, I can't yeah. wait to leave, etc. Yeah. Totally no context could have been about anything. Yeah. So he just sat me down. It's like so this is a, this is about me, isn't it? Have I have I treated you badly, etc. You know that kind of thing. Mm. It's like this could be about anything. You know why why, yeah. why would you say it's about you? Yeah. But then he was like, you know, oh I know I know it's about the company. You know, and and because you signed a like a contract. That uh, that that means that you can't you know demean the company in in public forums. You know, I mean, first of all, my Twitter was private, yep. so whatever lah. Okay lah. If you want to claim social media is is public, perhaps I did that. If this was about the company, but he couldn't prove that it was. Yeah, yeah. But you know, in in any case, like he sort of berated me about this, and then he was like, you know, uh, so your claims for you know your last couple of months, you know, we're not gonna like <gasps> do that. They shortchanged you. Yeah, because because of that lah. So I mean. Uh, it's been what, a long time now, like yeah. ten years. So yeah. I I will say it was about the company, but there's no way they could have known it at the time. No, but that's still really unprofessional on any level. Mm-hmm. That does not warrant that kind of punishment. And also, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. But you know what's sad? I've noticed that this happens to many people, and I say this not as a professional, but as someone who has worked in media and who has had friends who are journalists. Yeah, and I think it happens to a lot of people, and companies tend to get away with it because the people that they are abusing mm. cannot afford to sue them or they're worried that the industry is so small, they don't want to burn bridges, and you know, it's the usual. And of course, like, well, this was just over a couple hundred bucks. Like, I'm not, I'm not yeah, gonna you're go not going to get a lawyer for over yeah. that. Like, it was just like something that, you know, like, it left a sour taste in my mouth as I was leaving. Yeah. You know, and it was just like the day before I left, you know, what's, what's the point of this? But that's also really petty. Yes. Because... Yeah. What's a few hundred dollars to them? Yeah, and and I, you know, this particular guy, the one, he he drove like three Ferraris. I, cause I, I already, I only know because when I walk past the car park, I see three different types of Ferraris every it's morning. Ridiculous, it's, it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, he owns like clubs and stuff, which also reminds me that you know he owned like a bunch of like dodgy, you know, tie discos. I'm, I'm not, I'm not. It's not. I got nothing against tie discos. They're yeah. fun places, lah. But it doesn't fit with the ethos of the magazine, which is exactly. um, Juice was like this subculture underground band scene, DJ scene, but you know, not, not EDM, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. So Thai Discos is really way out of there. La. So, yeah. I mean, he made me interview like, you know, some some of the model DJs that, oh. that, that worked at those Thai Discos and, you know, no offense to them. I'm sh- they're, they're doing work. I, I have nothing bad to say about how they make their money or whatever. Yeah. All I have to say is that they're not a good fit for the magazine. Yeah. And that's when I decided that I had to probably get out of here because like, the ethos of the magazine was changing people were blaming me oh, uh, no. for choosing to cover this type of thing for ruining the brand for ruining brand for it's like oh this is not underground this is not blah 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 whatever like, it was not, not my call but yeah. I don't know why am I going to say it right yeah you know so I yeah it's that, that, that wasn't great like, towards the end of it but is that the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your working career no no um Probably the the worst things that happened to me were during national service. Uh, that that was definitely it, lah. Right. And yeah. for context, let's just pretend I don't know what national service is because I'm the Malaysian in like. Mm. Yeah. You have national service, right? No, not anymore. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, they, people, they abolished some people, it. Some people whined about it. Right? Yeah, it was only three months. Okay, yeah. so national service in Malaysia. Only lasted three months. It was co-ed, so mm. you had boys and girls, mm-hmm. and because some people had gotten hurt and they got into trouble mm. early on, they basically didn't force anybody 
into anything. So like, oh, can't do the can't do the monkey bars. It's okay. Don't push yourself. Aww. Yeah, and then like they fed them five times a day. So many people came out fat. <laughs> wow. So basically, it was camp. It was outward bound camp, mm. and it was not like real training. And then like most friends of mine who did go loved it mm. because it was like a three month holiday. Yeah, it's camp. It's yeah. a holiday. You know, but I I never had to go through it. Okay, okay. So yeah. f- for those who don't know, Singaporean National Service falls under three categories. You could be enlisted to the army uh-huh. or the civil defense, which is paramedics or firemen, or you could be enlisted to the police okay. uh, for two years or two, en- or two and a half years, depends on when you enlisted. Uh, for me, it was two years. Uh, I went to the police side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot Do you of- get to choose? No, you don't get to choose. So it's assigned to you? Correct, yeah. Um, they say randomly, but for some reason, a lot of Malays end up in uh, CD and police. Uh, what is CD? Uh, civil defense, ah. uh, for those who don't know. Uh, anyways, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into a racial thing. Uh, the police was, m- overall, I think, a really good learning experience for me. Yeah, um, for sure. It, it made me grow up a lot. Um, I, I lost 30 kg during training. Were you fat before? I was 102 kg when oh. I went in. Wow. Yeah. Then I dropped down to 70 during training. And then when I... My lowest was like 65. Yeah. I think you're really skinny now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I had gotten... I've gotten fat the since. La, but like my prime <laughs> physical condition was in... The, uh, the police force. Police force. That being said, the police force training has a reputation in Singapore as being the most lax, slack kind of training. Compared in, to the boys in the army. Uh, and in civil defense as well. Oh. Uh, fireman training is pretty hardcore. That makes sense. They have to rush and save lives. Correct. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I just want to say that, you know, like, yes, it is lax relatively, but police training is still hard. It was still good enough to make you lose 30 kilos. Yeah. 30 kilos. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 still hard. La. It, it, it attacks me physically. But the training portion of it, I didn't mind so much. Mm-hmm. That was good. It, 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 it put discipline and structure uh, and rigidity into, uh, into a lifestyle that was... That frankly made me soft and fat like, back in the day. Uh, so everyone was like, hey, you know, you're so lucky, Hitzer. You got to go to the police. You know, we had to we had to go to like, you know, uh, Tekong and Army and CD. You know, my friends were telling me all horror stories about what they had to go through for the first three months or six months, uh, depending on how long your training is. So I was like, oh, I'm so glad I went to the police. The big difference between police and Army is, right, after your initial training for three or six months is done for Army, you're, that's it. You only get trained for three to six months to do a job for two years. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but for army, right? Like, after the training, you're not going to go to war. <sighs> True. There is no war in Singapore. Yeah. Singapore is not, you know, involved in wars overseas. Um, they are, People are not invading us, you know, things like that. You're just kind of like sitting around, maybe training some more, maybe going on some quote-unquote exercises and things like that. Oh, I've never thought of this. Yeah, so like for the, for the first quarter, it's hard. Yeah, and, and then the the next three quarters is pretty smooth sailing. Okay, for police is the opposite. Like the first quarter is very easy. Yeah, uh, it all depends, like, You know, the the training's a bit different because half of our time we're, we're studying the law as well. Right. You know, you got to know the law to enforce the law, of course. Yes. Right. Um, so you know you have to take exams and stuff like that. So part of it is mental too. But when you go out there, you're doing a real job. Yeah, you're a policeman. Similar to the civil defense, you're a real paramedic, you're a real fireman, you're yep. a real police officer. And when you're on the, st- I don't want to sound cliche, but when you're on the street, right? Nobody looks <laughs> the at streets. the streets of, which I mean, I live in Singapore. It's, you know, fairly re- clean. Fairly clean. It's, it's, it's okay. I'm not, you know, like policing New York or something, you know? Yeah. 
But that being said, like people don't differentiate, especially if you're in trouble, especially if it's a crime happening. People are not going to say like, oh, you're an NS boy. I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to hurt you. Yeah. You know, so it's a real you're life job. You're also as vulnerable as any other police officer. Carrying a life weapon with life ammunition. Yeah. Lives in your hands, that kind of thing. I mean, same thing with CD environment. That's terrifying. Too. It's, it's terrifying. And, and you do put yourself at risk every day on the streets doing a very, very real job. Uh, which the army boys, uh, kudos to them for going through that kind of training. They don't do that. Like every day, you're not you're not doing a real job. This was a real job that I frankly was not prepared for. Mm. You know, like I never ever wanted to be a police officer. Um, the dealing with members of the public, dealing with real situational dangers, uh, they put me in a real tight spot a lot of times. Um, I mean, it's not always action lah, you know. But there were oh, certain occasions where I felt like my life was in danger. Yeah. Or I was in danger of getting hurt and I got hurt a couple of times. Uh, but I just did not realize that I was going to get into them. Yeah. And and of course, like a couple of humiliating occasions as well. Well, that's with any job. Yeah. 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 But, you know. But I'm guessing it gets worse yeah. in the police force. Do you yeah. care to elaborate? Uh, man, I, well, one of the stories that really sticks in my head and... and this one had no physical danger in it. Okay. But uh, we used to, when you're in the police force, you rotate uh, positions. So sometimes you'd be, you know, in a cop car, yeah. patrolling, and then, you know, on... on you're not always on desk duty. You're not Correct. always on the road. Yeah. yeah. But but certain times you are on desk duty as well. You know, people come in to report crime. Then yeah. you're the ones who have to do it. Or you'll be in the ops room, which is, you know, the people on the radios taking calls, oh, uh, dispatching yeah. police cars. Or you can be in lockup. Uh, which is, you know, the, the prison uh, underneath the... You're watching uh, the... The prisoners. Yeah. Yeah, or people who get arrested. Uh, yeah. Um, so one time I was assigned to lock up okay. for, for a shift at night. So what happens during a shift is when the night shift comes, or night shift at night, you have to take over from the morning shift. And what that entails is that you have to search every prisoner in, in lockup. And for, for Alpha Division, which is where I was at, uh, Alpha covers um, Little India, uh, Clark Key, Boat Key. Is it a central police district? Central, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the busiest uh, next to Orchard, la, but we're busier than Orchard too, which is uh, Echo Division. But Alpha is one of the busiest lockups in, in Singapore because it houses um, normal police uh, prisoners, yeah. CNB prisoners, which is. Um, the car- uh, Narcotics. Narcotics Bureau, yeah. correct. Uh, CID prisoners. Uh, what does CID stand for? Uh, Criminal Investigation Department. Oops. So they. they most of the prisons there are for very serious crimes. So, mm. um, murder people. Murder people. Are uh, they m- murderers? Uh, murderers, yes. Murder people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> m- murderers are sent there. Um, obviously, you know, innocent and proven guilty anything. Like, but, like, murderers but are, are they, sent there. But they're in their own different cells. Yes, we have to sign. But because of the crowd, overcrowding issue, most of the time not. Ah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it gets complicated. Complicated. Like, just just to give you, like, a little... Ins- uh, PCG, the Coast Guard as well, uh, is there. The Vice unit sends people there. Okay. So frequently, we have uh, between, I think, 200 to 300 uh, people to look after per night. Uh, whereas, if you were in Bedo or Clementi or whatever... In uh, the different yeah. different towns of Singapore, there, yeah. would be, there would not be as many people. The average is about five. Oh, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference, you know. So... Lockout was pretty stressful uh, for a variety of reasons. But okay, like I was saying, when you take over, you have to search everyone, right? Yeah. So searching, you know, in case they had managed to smuggle in a lighter, a knife, yeah. 
contraband or whatever. So these are usually people who have only just been arrested. Correct. Okay. Yeah. They haven't. They are. They are only now starting the process of going through the system. Yes. Okay. Uh, because they had just been arrested, you know, they're wearing their own clothes, you okay. know, and shoes, so they could have hidden things in there. Yeah. So, so you you gotta what, search. Everyone, it's a painstaking, time-consuming process, and you want to get it done very quickly. Yeah. Uh, because you only have like you know you don't keep the the morning shift there any longer than you need to lah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's rude, right? Yeah. So we try to get through it as quickly as possible. So I came in, went through my routine. Search, search, so you search. were doing a night shift. I was doing a night shift. Uh, and this one guy, who was handcuffed, uh, sh- shackled. His ankles were shackled. Uh-huh. To to the wall. Is that normal? No, it's not. And and his hands, were, both his hands were handcuffed to the wall as well, to to the railings on the wall. Okay. So I was like, oh, this is eight p.m. That's when we take over. It's time for his dinner. Why yeah. is he eating dinner? How can he eat with you know? Why are you being shackled him? up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was just like, okay, I'm, I I uncuffed him. Yeah. And then I asked the people, you know, why? Yeah. Why was this happening? The people, as in your the, colleagues, the, the morning shift. Yeah. Colleagues, yeah. And I mean, no offense to them, uh, but like, they. <laughs> They just started laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew like something was up. Yeah. And they were just like, mm. they were just like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't they know. They were hiding something. I don't know what happened with this guy. So like when I turned around, his pants were off and he was jerking off. Oh and then my like God. he just ejaculated on my chest. <clears throat> so oh he, he, he just came right on my chest. Full load. While you're in uniform. While in uniform, like 10 minutes into into my shift. Uh, that's so all these guys from yeah. the morning shift. Yeah are like sniggering and they're like, no, I don't know, I don't know. And they're waiting to watch this happen. They, they knew it was going to happen. I wouldn't say they knew with 100% certainty that he would jerk off on me, <laughs> but they knew it was a possibility. Oh my god! So he was arrested because he had a mental illness and he was yeah. um, one of those compulsive masturbators. Okay. Yeah, so he just could, when they first arrested him in the afternoon, he just couldn't stop masturbating in the in, oh in, 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 in the, the main in cell. In the uh. cell, yeah. Yeah, so he was just like jerking off, jerking off, jerking off. Everybody, the other cellmates were completing. Everyone was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it came to the point where like he just wouldn't listen to reason that they had to shackle him so yeah. he would stop jerking off. Until we could transport him to IMH, um, the um, the IMH is the mental m- hospital. Mental hospital, yeah. Yep. That's what I was grasping for. Yeah. Um. So we were supposed to send him, but they hadn't sent him yet. Uh. So yeah. Uh. I got. I think it's the first time a guy has ever come on me. So what did you do? I would not know how to react. I went home. Okay. To change and to shower. Yeah, that that seems pretty wise. Yeah, there, there, there are showers in the in in the locker room in, in the police station. Yeah. But the thing is I needed a change of clothes and everything. So I walked out, I walked past the station sergeant, is the guy who's in charge of a lockup for the night, and he's like, Where are you going? You know, like yeah. I, I I didn't dismiss you. So I just said, A guy came on me, I'm going home. There's nothing you can say to make me stay here. <laughs> so, so I took a cab, I shot. So he just like, Yeah, 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 I get it, go. Then like he looked at my chest and was like, Mmm, mmm, it's a lot of jizz there. <laughs> So I went home, I showered, and I came back, and I said, I'm going to come back as soon as possible. I'm sorry for going AWOL. Did you get in a cab? Yeah. I, I th- Did you tell the cab driver? <laughs> no, I, I, I wore like a jacket over it to, to cover it oh up. Oh my gosh. So I just, you know, uh, I came home, I, I put my stuff in, in the laundry, yeah. took a new uniform, came back as soon as possible. I was, I was back to the station within 45 minutes. Very quick. Okay. You know, I wasn't like slacking off or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then when I came back, I found a guy outside. Still shackled, handcuffed, uh, and and this is the procedure for transport, lah. Yeah. So you know, one of us had to escort him to IMH. Yeah. Uh, turns out, you know, everybody knew what had happened, so they decided it was me oh. who had to send him there. Uh, yeah. So I I ended up having to send him. Did you talk to him on the ride there? 
No, it was very awkward silence. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you know, as as it, it was probably awkward for you, but not for him. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, he he was still trying to like rub his oh. thing on like the side. Do you of think the he chair. was high on drugs or like? No, I, I think he was just like uh, a mentally ill person. Okay. Like I don't speak ill of him or okay. anything, but you know, I feel bad for laughing. No, because it's, it's a funny thing that happened to me. Yeah. You know, but like I, I don't want like people to like, you know, think that he's a bad guy. Or anything. I don't, Yeah. I don't know him. So I don't think that I feel bad that I'm laughing, but you're right. I'm laughing because it happened to you. I'm not laughing at him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was an almost like weird. Like you sympathize, right? Like you're like, okay, something not right with this guy. Also, yeah. But also I would think that it would have been quite traumatizing to be in your situation. Yeah, it's it's this uh, weird uh, guy came on me. Now I have to drive him somewhere. Yeah, uh, and then I have to wait in the. Okay, I I has this reputation for like making people wait outside. Like the, the the waiting times for like new patients is long. So I waited outside with him for like two hours, two and a half hours. So just sitting beside him, and and you have to hold him at all times, you know, because in, in case he runs. In case he runs, you know, that kind of thing. Are you the only, only the only one with him, or is there another uh, police there's, officer? There's uh, one more with me. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I. Yeah, it was it was just really awkward. Um, that was probably the most humiliating thing that's happened to me. I mean, yeah, but it's funny because you know, like you said, you are on the streets. Yeah. You don't know if these prisoners have like knives on them, and yet mm-hmm. the most humiliating thing that happened was also like the least dangerous. You, you almost you nobody trained me to avoid. Uh, jizz. Yeah, that's it, not... it wasn't part of the police course or anything. You know, there wasn't. You know, in you the... had to set a precedent, and yeah, there probably is now. You know, yeah, yeah. Like for the people in the police academy these days, there's probably a course in the dojo uh, telling you to avoid dicks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. get cummed on. Don't get cummed on. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if I, the I, guy I... is shackled up. I it must all... be for a reason. <laughs> I knew all sorts of arm locks and shit like that, but no, I had no idea how to disarm a dick. Um. Yeah, and, and the, the thing was, he was shackled for a reason, and I should have kept him shackled. That was my fault. Yeah. But I, I, the reason I pointed out there were so many people in the locker was because, you know, I was I wanted you to know, like, you know, I was in a hurry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Really, oh. you, know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah rookie I just, mistake. <laughs> rookie mistake. I was trying to do something nice for these people who paid no, the price yeah, me. No, for yeah, sh- for sure. Yeah, yeah. But okay, at, at that, at that being said, right, like, those people who did that to me, yeah. not going to blame them because I think I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking the same thing. Like, if I were in the police force mm-hmm. and I kind of knew this might happen yeah, and like you're not going to get hurt yeah. but it is going to be it's going to be quite funny it's it's a stressful job and sometimes you just need to like let off steam and like play pranks on people yeah. so yeah that, that happened I'm sure those guys who had like put you in that situation yeah. they've probably told this story oh, so many times of course yeah yeah uh, maybe it's not as memorable to them as it is to me the guy who was cummed on yeah, but yeah, it's pretty memorable. Whenever I go back to reservists and I meet some old guys that who were in the same team as me, yeah, they always remember that story. Hey, you're the guy that got you know jizzed on. Like, yes, that's me. I'm the guy that got jizzed on. <laughs> they need to make you a shirt that says that. Yeah, yeah, the guy who got jizzed on. You know, uh, yeah, that was that that was partly my fault also. So I I take some of the blame for that one. I mean, yeah, you live and learn. I live and learn. Is, yeah, is that the worst thing that's happened to you on the police force? Physically, no. Uh, there was a couple times. There was one guy who bit who bit a chunk of my knee. Um, I don't know if I, I know this is a, a, on audio podcast, so you can see it. Yeah. But you can see. Uh, I'm showing JD um, a scar on my knee here. Oh my gosh! We'll post a photo of this. Yeah. On Instagram. So what happened was uh, a guy came in drunk, uh, and he was. A so, s- wait. So 
Okay, so we're looking at a wound. Yes. But none of the flesh came off, right? It looks it looks like Oh no, this flesh right here grafted off my butt. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh so okay, uh, like to tell a story from the beginning. Yes. Uh this time I was in the morning shift, so a guy had come in drunk from the previous night. Um he was asleep in the drunk tank and I was just like trying to wake him up. What is the drunk tank? It's basically just a room that we keep drunk people in to sleep it off. Because like, they, they actually didn't commit a crime. They were just like found asleep on the street. Oh, okay. You know, so you pick them up to like... Keep, like, keep them safe like, yeah, until, right? until they can go home. Like, yeah. You know? yeah, like maybe we'll give them a little warning. Like don't do this the next time or whatever. Yeah. But we're not going to charge them with a crime. Like. It's yeah. just for their own safety. safety you know? yeah. So this guy, he, he woke up. He was, I guess, still drunk. Okay. I could smell the beer on him and everything. This was 8 a.m. in the morning. So I tried to wake him up, you know, it's like, it's time to go home, guy. Yeah. You know, uh, so he, he wakes up in a foreign environment, doesn't know where he is. Yeah. He's in the cell, he freaks out. He looks at me, a stranger who's trying to wake him up. And, yeah. and he he just like grabbed for my leg and then he started biting my knee. Didn't you have your police uniform on? Uh, on? Yes, I did. So he, you're wearing police uniform. He bit through it. Oh my gosh. It's just like a real chunk. Isn't it kind of thick? Like. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's like denim, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh no, it's it's more like you know, like a work pants lah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he bit through it first time, and then I was like, oh, then like I, I yanked it off lah, and then like I actually pulled up my. Uh, oh my god! Because in the moment, okay, so he's biting on you, and then you kind of like pull away, and then your flesh, because he's still biting. Is no, that, yeah, yeah. Is that he, what happened? He, I pulled away, and I, I created some distance between us first lah. So I pulled up my pants. Yeah. To just see like what happened there was did, did anything happen? Yeah. He lunged at me again and went for the same spot at my knee. Oh my god. He bit off a chunk. Like you could see actually like a, a, a like you know like like <laughs> Korean barbecue kind of like meat. Oh my god. Just like on the floor like he he like tore it out and just like. Poof. So I you could like at that moment and I look if you looked at my knee later on like yeah. you, I could actually see my kneecap. And oh I the, the weird thing is I didn't feel any pain like my because just, of the adrenaline of trying to shake off. Apparently the doctors were saying like my my nerves were ripped out so I couldn't feel any pain. Oh my no oh my god I'm squirming so much. I know yeah that that was that was pretty terrible. I I gotta give credit to this guy called Elvin who who's kind of saved me in that one. Is he also from the police force? Yeah yeah he was he was uh, my partner that morning lah. Nice uh, good he, guy Elvin. Yeah yeah he jumped in like put the guy in a headlock immediately stopped him while I was just like you know clutching my knee and was like oh my god why am I in this position you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was terrible. And I had to go get my butt grafted onto my knee. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that was really bad. That oh. was really bad. I, I, in this moment, I am so thankful that I am not a Singaporean male <laughs> <laughs> who had to go for national service. It's not always this bad, of course. This is like the worst one I've heard. Like most people mm. I know, they go to NS, they have a fairly good time. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it depends on some of the guys in CD who have horror stories too yeah suicides did bodies oh yeah uh, I, I, like I, I have heard some of those but but that's not bodily harm true to themselves true yeah but police are in the line of well I suppose like firemen too like, um, yeah. but police are in the line of danger quite frequently with people who are looking to harm them yeah. Or, yeah. or in this case with this guy just someone who woke up in a frenzy and a daze and didn't know what was happening yeah you yeah. know you know what's also hilarious to me um, a lot of people come to Singapore and they're like, oh, Singapore is so safe. You know, nothing's ever, nothing ever happens in it Singapore. It is safe, I must say. It is safe relatively compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But there are also all these stories. 
Sure, it it does happen sometimes. Yeah, you know? but like I said, like with these two particular stories, like I think those two people couldn't necessarily be blamed. And I didn't hold any anger towards the guy who bit my knee off because he was just like, "Where am I?" He got he was scared. He panicked. Do you feel more badass having gone through that? Having been just on and my knee bit? No, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me feel more vulnerable. If anything, <laughs> makes you more human. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, and and again, I had to send this guy to the hospital too. <gasps> Uh, so like we had to be transported together. I had to go to the hospital for my knee. Yeah. And he had to go to the hospital because he had just been knocked on the head by my partner. So we traveled together, and then like you know we were both at the back of the van, and he kept apologizing profusely. He's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I just didn't know where I was. I thought you were like trying to rob me or something." I was like, "Okay." You know, he he literally assumed that he had been kidnapped. He was somewhere else. And I I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're like blackout drunk. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Okay lah, okay lah. We 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 are cool, guy. Whatever." You know. <laughs> the best thing about it was that I got MC la. So you got the day off, wow. I got a week off. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's surgery. Put new skin on me. Nice. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Nice. Uh, the worst time I ever got beaten up was like I was on plain clothes thing. Uh, so sometimes uh, after our shift, we get pulled into plain clothes duty. Yeah. Um, what that means is that you're just wearing plain clothes and you're, you're supposed to go on raids with either the CID or CNB. The CID is the... Criminal Investigation Inver- Department yep, or the CNB or sometimes the vice people uh, and, and stuff like that. La. This might sound like a very ignorant question. Okay. But how is vice different to or different from CID? Uh, vice is a department in the CID. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, so you go undercover, sort of, plain clothes officer. Sort of. Uh, in this case, we were working with the people who investigate... Uh, illegal immigrants or um, overstayers that kind of thing yeah. uh, so that particular night we was just supposed to go through different you know you know you know those shop houses in little India and yeah. stuff like that you know like on the streets and people are not supposed to live there because they are commercial buildings correct yeah but but occasionally you will find people like lots of people squatting there or whatever you know? ah. so what you're supposed to do is we're supposed to enter these abandoned buildings or quiet buildings or whatever and just see whether anyone's there so what you're supposed to do in that case is because you can't carry a baton, it's obvious, right? Yeah. You can't carry a baton. But you have to wear an ankle holster with a gun. Oh. So here, I don't know if any of you have ever worn an ankle holster with a pistol. Is uh, it heavy? Pistol is heavy. Uh, it chafes your, your knee. Uh, no, it chafes your ankle. It chafes yeah. your like calf and everything. So I always get like blisters and I start bleeding after, you know, you walk 12 hours with an ankle holster. Yeah. It sucks, you know. Unpleasant. Unpleasant. So me and my friends did a really terrible thing. We hid in the toilet when we were supposed to withdraw weapons. Uh, and then we pretended that we did to our superior officer. It's like, oh yeah, we got it. No problem. It's cool. You know, if we just didn't want to walk around with the ankle holster. Yeah. We were, we were stupid kids. Like, you know, what, what are you going to do when you get in, like 18-year-olds in yeah. like, you know, real-life dangerous situations? We just don't know. They didn't realize the repercussions. Well, we didn't realize the repercussions of this. So... And, and because we had done this several times, usually we just, like, nothing happens. Yeah, because it's go, Singapore. We, we go into empty buildings and nothing happens. There's no one there. We walk around for a couple hours. We get an extra paycheck, you know. Cool. It's all good. Nice. We go for a tea afterwards and then we go. It's, it's nothing. It's, yeah. It's basically just, like, a way to earn a couple extra hundred bucks or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, that particular night, I was unarmed, Okay, because you didn't want to carry your ankle. Yeah, and, and and we were supposed to walk around in groups of three. Mm-hmm. But because we were stupid kids, 
we decided to take turns. So it was a three-hour thing that we had to do. So we were like, okay, I will walk around for the first hour. The other two of you, you hang out at a coffee shop. And then like I will come back after an hour and then one will go. Yep. And, then, and then like at the end of it, we'll go back to the station and say like all three of us had walked around for three hours together. Okay. You know, it was one, we just wanted to cheat the system and like get an easy night. You know? <laughs> uh, I see where this is going. So I was alone when I, when I walked into a building, you know, and I did one of those like, we, man, this is so stupid and kind of lame to say in public now. Uh, like, you know, outside of a circle of friends. But uh, I was just playing, you know, on my iPhone, you know, the cops theme song, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Uh, what, what you, you gonna, gonna do? do? Yeah, yeah. So just fucking kicking down doors, you know, like, you know, just playing cop. La. Yeah. Although I was an actual cop. Yeah. Playing cop, kicking down doors, kicking down doors, kicking down doors. I kicked down one door. Badass. Yeah, badass. There was like, a, like 10, I think, Nigerian dudes. Uh, just sleeping there on the floor, you know, in this, you know, shop house. As Kid- squatters. Squatters. They're not supposed to be there. Yeah. Definitely not supposed to be there. But I kick down the door, then I see like two, uh, ten. So you're outnumbered nine. one to ten. Yeah, nine or ten. I'm, I'm actually not quite sure right now. Nine or ten. But yeah, uh, more yeah. more than me, more than one. Yeah. Is, well, three would have been enough. Three would have been enough. And they just woke up, they looked at me, then I just, you know, at that moment when I kicked down the door, I said, police! <laughs> then they looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit. Yeah. And then like I reached down for my ankle and it's like, oh no gun. <laughs> <laughs> so they like they bum rushed me. You know, they just like, you know, shoulder tackled yeah. me down. And then I was like I I basically just like, you know, when you meet a bear, you 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 go into a fetal position yeah. and just like cover yourself. That's what I did. Okay. There's there's nothing I could do. Like, I was not gonna fight back. I wasn't like that yeah. that kind of guy. So I just like covered into a fetal position. They just like stomped on me a couple of times. You know, like, you know, hit me in the back, hit me, hit me in the stomach, oh in the head, gosh. that kind of thing. And then they just ran off, you know. And then, <laughs> and then I just like sat there for, I think, half an hour. Just like trying in to... In pain. In pain, trying to compose myself, you know. I was out of breath, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, had, I was bleeding in the mouth and stuff like that. So I, 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 eventually I composed myself. I walked down. I walked 15 minutes to the coffee shop with my friends. My partners were hanging out. Then they all looked at me. I was like, why is your face all bloody? I was like, like what happened to you? I just got beaten up. <laughs> That that was the most like but violent like, thing that happened to me. But like, how do you go back to work, right? Yeah. And like, explain yourself because you were supposed to be three together. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to have your gun. Mm-hmm. Like, how would you explain this to your supervisor? I hope no one is listening. For at least on the police force that is listening to this. Uh, but we came back early. Uh-huh. Uh, then we drew our guns then. Oh, smart. Yeah. Yeah. And our friend was running the armory, so we, he like did the timing for us. Like, So instead of like 11 p.m., he yeah, did yeah. it at 8 p.m. instead, you know. Yeah. And then we said like, oh, I, I just, oh, I drew my gun, but I didn't have time to reach for it, that kind of thing, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of lied about that. Uh, it's okay. Everybody lies about yeah. their shifts. And I got like, you know, a commendation instead because I put, you know, myself in the Oh, you were in a... Job. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, so that, uh, we have this thing called in-service training every time we had an off day. Yeah. So uh, every, I think, alternate off days, we'll come back for like, you know, soft training, like, like, you know, weapons handling, stuff like that. So they did this whole presentation. They gave me like an award for oh and everything. You know. That's pretty great. I know, yeah. And like, uh, again, MC. It's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> the simple joys when, when you're a part <laughs> of the police force. I, w- I was so tired when I was in NS. Like, I would I would gladly have taken multiple more beatings just to get a few more days off. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, a beating is just like, you know, 10, se- ten minutes of pain. <laughs> and then you get like a week off. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. 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 And then you're like a week closer to not having to do NS anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of funny stories in NS, la, but that, that was probably the most, the most physical pain I've ever been in. Yeah. Have you recovered, like, 
do all your limbs and joints work? Oh, it's it's I've I've been injured far worse playing sports. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That was just like uh, very superficial injuries, like you know I had cuts and bruises and bleeding, but yeah. nothing. You know, no internal organs okay. were injured or anything. No Overall, you're bones. fine. Overall, I'm fine. You know, like I broke my leg playing football and that kind of thing. That's way worse than anything that's happened to me on on any job. Even the police, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we should end this on a light note. Okay. So what was the coolest thing? Not necessarily like a nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the coolest thing you witnessed while you were on the police force? This is, I guess, semi-horror, but semi-memorable also. Sure. Even better. I was working the ops room, which is when you take calls, so you know, um, 999, yep. you know, that kind of thing. Someone called in claiming an emergency at his house. Wait, so that means you're the one who's assigning cars to go out mm. to to go to emergencies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somebody called from their house. From their house at uh, Bukit Merah. Uh, okay. And they said, like, there's an emergency at their house. Please send police now. But did they say what the emergency was? No. They just hung up. But, like, you know, that's not unusual. Sometimes you're in a desperate situation. You know, you just maybe have, like, a few seconds to call. Yeah. Maybe you're in... Someone's threatening you or something. Yeah. So like, okay, like, whatever. Like. So we traced the call. I knew the address. Sent a couple of cops car, cop car there. It turns out it was uh, the Euro 2006 championships and his SCV cable box had gone out. <laughs> um, so he needed someone to fix it. So that was his, that was his, uh, the emergency that he called the police for. Do you get fined for those kind of things? We gave him a warning. But we found it too hilarious to like just like take it to be angry at it, you know. Yeah. You know, it was a slow night and he wasn't like, you know, impeding us in any way. I was just like Ugh. Can you imagine if he called on a night where somebody was say like there was an axe murder in their house? Mm. Right? And mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there is another one that I wanted to say that this this was more of a horror story for my partner. And okay. it, this was this was like probably the coolest thing I've ever seen because I was there and it didn't happen to me. Alright. So we arrested this guy uh, in Little India because he had no identification on him. So okay. it could have been an overstayer, could have been an uh, illegal immigrant, or yeah. whatever, like, you know. So yeah. we, uh, my, I didn't arrest him, but, you know, um, another group did. Yeah. But I came in for the questioning. Okay. So my station sergeant was trying to get him to say his name, to give, like, if he had any employers, who was employers, etc., to verify his identity, like, you know. Like, if he was innocent, we didn't want to hold him. You know, uh, an inconvenience more of his day. Yeah. But the problem was he didn't really speak any English. Okay. So, my station sergeant, I don't say by name, but he was kind of doing this really kind of racist Indian accent. It was fucking terrible. It was not, not, oh, not, so pe- not PC at all. So cringe and awkward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he just started screaming at him until he cried. You know. So this, this, this so is. So you're ho- screaming at him with a weird fake Indian accent, accent saying. Uh, this is how he sounded like the Indian accent. What, what's your phone name? What's your phone name? What's your phone name? Like, what's your full name? You know? What's your phone name? What's your phone name? <laughs> so, like, after like <laughs> 10 minutes of just oh, screaming no. at him and then he, like, he's crying his eyes out, he's not understanding. Yeah. Finally, like, something hits, you know? He, oh, what's your phone name? So then he just says, My phone name is Sony Ericsson, sir. <laughs> <laughs> And, and because if someone has no ID, right? Uh, I, if someone has no ID, what we, what we do when we file the report is that we, we, we put in brackets a name given verbally. So because like I was, I was so eager to put this down on record, right? So I immediately went to the computer terminal 
And then I said, uh, arrested by XYZ, <laughs> my, my partner. Yeah. Arrested by this person. Uh, name given verbally, Sony Erickson. Which, <laughs> which is great. So okay, it, it turned out he didn't really have any ID. He was he was an illegal immigrant. Okay. He was not supposed to be there. Uh, we we tried to contact his employer. He had no employer here, so okay. he legit illegal immigrant. So we had to send him to court. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so in the court documents, when he was called up by the judge, it, it was Sony Erickson. It's like Sony Erickson, you are found guilty, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And oh. here it was him. <laughs> Is there nobody, like in the whole police station, who speaks? Like Hindi or Urdu or like Tamil or whatever he would have been speaking. I I don't know. We couldn't find one at the time. Okay. I I think we could have called for one. Yeah. Uh, but my station sergeant was just like really impatient. It was a busy day. He just wanted he just wanted to get his name, put it down on the record, uh, you know, send him off, and that was it. So he got the name Sony Erickson. And do the accent. And do the line again. <laughs> what? What's your phone name? What's your phone name? My my phone name Sony Ericsson. Yeah, it's Western. Oh my gosh. Okay, I think I, I think I'll let you go now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hitzir. You're welcome. You're my you're my first guest on the show. Yay! I mean, not not exactly a white collar, but hopefully it fits. I mean, the idea is to cringe a little bit mm-hmm. and laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. A lot of cringe movie stories. Yeah. Okay, I hope we'll see you again or yes. hear you again. Mm-hmm. This has been so insightful. So if you'd like to listen to more of Hitzer's great voice, he has his own several podcasts. Yeah, they are. I'm I'm not sure if there's any cross section here, but <laughs> I I run a pro wrestling podcast with a couple of friends called uh, Hadi and Shafiq. It's called the Hard Hits Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook backslash Hard Hits, or you can just listen to the podcast straight on Mixcloud, mixcloud.com backslash Hard Hits. I also run a podcast called Genre Equality with my friend Isa Fung. Um, this is where we talk about film, pop culture, books, TV, that kind of thing. Uh, you can find us at Genre Equality Podcast on Facebook or Genre Equality Podcast on Mixcloud. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Hitsy. You're welcome. And also read my stuff on Popwire and NME. I'm just going to pin my articles out there. Yeah, you might as well for the three other people who tune in. Hey, you know, three clicks (laughs) is good. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to White Collar Horror. Scare you next time.